welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk. So this week I have a guest on the podcast for you. I am chatting with Dr. Rebecca Moore. Rebecca is a perinatal psychiatrist and co-founder of Make Birth Better. She is passionate about improving the maternity experience for women everywhere. Lots of women, including myself, have incredibly positive experiences and positive births. But sadly and tragically, some women experience traumatic births and this experience can affect them as women, can affect their partners and how they grow into the new role of being a mother and can go on for years and years. So it's a really important topic that we talk about on the podcast and also things to look out for. And it may be, I found this podcast quite a tricky one because this isn't something that I have struggled with myself. Um, But it might not be that when you start listening to this podcast, you think, oh, I'm not struggling with this. I don't need to listen to it. But it might raise things that maybe you're seeing in friends of yours who have had children and maybe didn't have such a great birth as you did or it may well be something that you can relate to completely as you listen to this podcast so we do discuss things to look out for around perinatal mental health difficult births and then we also discuss how we we touch on really how to heal supporting women who haven't had the birth that they had or wanted where you can find that support using tricks and tips of your own we touch on how important being outside and being in nature is for mental health and we also talk about uh, Rebecca's birth story and her job and how having such an emotional job and then going home and being a mum and how she can balance all of that it's a really interesting podcast so do have a listen I do have an apology to make this we did a Skype this was over a Skype call The quality isn't fantastic. There are a few blips in the podcast. I think I was possibly having a problem with my internet on the day. It is completely listenable to, you do get used to it. I've listened to the whole podcast again. I did still want to put it out there, but it's just not perfect. So please do bear with it um, and do keep listening because it is an important subject that we are touching on during the podcast. Rebecca shares with you how you can get in contact with her um, and support systems out there if you do feel like this is something you're struggling with or if you want to pass the information on to somebody else. So do listen out for those and I will put the links in the show notes. I'll catch you at the end of the podcast. Enjoy. Rebecca has joined us on the podcast, which is absolutely amazing. So Rebecca is a perinatal psychiatrist. Is that right? Have I said that right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So tell us exactly what that means. What What is a perinatal psychiatrist? <laughs> so I'm a medical doctor and trained in psychiatry and then further trained in perinatal psychiatry, which essentially means that I work with women all the way through their pregnancy and up to a year after baby has been born, mm-hmm. where women have got any kind of emotional health uh, diagnosis that might be something that they've had in the past, or it might be something that happens as a new thing during their pregnancy or after baby is born. And we know that obviously that is a really difficult time for us all. You know, it's a, it's a time of huge change. Um, and vulnerability, and particularly postnatally when we're not sleeping necessarily. So these teams were set up um, to provide all women access locally to where they live with specialist support throughout that period, um, really in the aim to keep them really feeling mentally good through their pregnancy and afterwards. So that's that's what I do in the NHS. 
And then separate to that, I also am the co-founder of the Make Birth Better campaign, which is a national collaborative looking at making birth better, not only for women within the maternity journey, but also for the staff that work in the maternity journey. Because we all know that, you know, the NHS is under pressure and often um, the way that we receive care from people working in the NHS can be problematic because they themselves and not being cared for or looked after. So to do that as well, because it's something that I'm really, really passionate about in supporting women who perhaps haven't had the birth they hoped for or wanted. Um, and that can, you know, cause them a lot of problems. So I also do that as well. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that is, that's, I mean, that's a tough job emotionally for you, it must be. Yeah, I mean, it, well. it is. It is a really uh, emotionally demanding job Uh, and, you know, I very much practice what I preach. So I talk a lot on Instagram about looking at, you know, self-caring, which I know is a sort of current buzz term, but to me it sort of really means your sort of sense of self-worth and prioritising your own health. And I really practice what I preach because otherwise... um, you know, it is a very, very emotionally demanding job, and I am also a mum. And you know, you know, I don't want to be coming home carrying all that stuff that yeah. then makes me snappy or irritable. Which, of course, we all do sometimes because I haven't got it right, and it's a lifelong challenge. Um, but you know, particularly for me, I do a lot of yoga, and that's my real go-to. In in, I just it has to be in my week because mm-hmm. otherwise I can feel the difference in just my resilience to cope with things. Um, And it's something over, you know, many years of practice I've kind of found that I can carry it more and more off the mat, um, you know, so I can be in that space. And it just really helps me. That's my thing, um, along with, you know, other things like eating well and, you know, prioritising my sleep. So, you know, I feel that in order to be able to talk to people about these things, I have to be doing them myself. Absolutely. I love the things that I would recommend, you know, I would test out or try out. So say things like supplements, you know, I think it really helps when you've had an experience of doing that yourself as well, because then you can speak with more, you know, having done it and tried it as well. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you have kids. Um, were you inspired by your own births to um, really delve into this topic or or how, how were your births? Well, I I was inspired. I've been working in, in this field for a long time, so I was very lucky to train as a junior doctor with somebody who really ma- had helped massively in the development of perinatal work in the UK. So I think from an early stage of my career, I very much wanted to be a perinatal psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed working with women. And I suppose the thing with perinatal psychiatry is that you're – it's very much preventative medicine at its best because you're not only getting things right for mum, but you're potentially changing the whole trajectory of that baby's life as well. So if mum, you know, is profoundly unwell, we know that if you're parented by a mum with an untreated mental illness, of course that has an impact for mum's ability to be a parent. So for me, it was just so... I was so drawn to it in, in, in that, you know, you're not just looking after mum, you're looking after a family, and that's really powerful. Um, and then 
With my own births, I, I suppose a mixture, really. I mean, I think I sort of naively assumed that because I'd been a perinatal psychiatrist, it would all be tickety-boo for me, and then sort of got a bit of a, a shock. Um, you know, I think maybe for me, I sort of thought, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been in this field and I've seen lots of babies, and, you know, of course, it's completely different when it's, when it's your own. Mm. Uh, my first birth was long and challenging and I wouldn't say that I walked away feeling traumatized but I would say that I walked away feeling just very physically and emotionally bruised and through the work that I do now I can sort of recognize a lot of the things of things that just weren't great so mm. not no continuity of care of so in terms of midwifery so no real connection with those midwives a, a, a real sort of lack of care being just about okay but not particularly kind or compassionate mm. and hence feeling a little bit alone and um a very long labor it became quite medicalized at the end um n not really great communication about what was going on so I certainly felt pretty bruised by the whole experience um and then I think it's just like many mums you, you get turfed out very quickly from hospital and it's this whole new world and you don't really know how to negotiate it and then I had a very colicky baby oh, which, you know, was very brutal and I tried to tell my health as to how much I was struggling and I think, um, you know, what really struck with me is that she sort of came into my house and I think because it was relatively neat and tidy and I looked okay and she spent the whole time, and this is not a dig at health visitors because there are amazing health visitors out there, this is just my experience, she just talked about my fire right. <laughs> and I was sort of sitting there thinking please help me, I'm, you know, I'm really quite struggling, so, which I'm sure, you know, I think is common to lots of women, they, they feel that they can't really get their story out, yeah, um, my second birth experience was much, much better, much more different, you know, much quicker, I had a water birth, it was lovely, I felt much more in control, so there's definitely things that I can recognize from my own birth, and also, you know, I can just take, my daughter's nearly 12, but I can take myself back to that moment in an instant and feel all those feelings. So these things really sit with us for a very, very long time. And I often meet women, um, you know, when I've been lecturing or talking, they'll come up to me at the end and say, be tearful. And, you know, their birth was 25 years ago. And they can still feel it as powerfully um, as, it, as if it was yesterday so you know it's really important to get this right because it it doesn't just it isn't just that you birth and it's gone yeah. it, it, it sits with you for a very long time yeah. and I suppose the second strand that really you know was that just as a psychiatrist you know I've built really good relationships with them and I might have known them since they were six weeks pregnant and I also have the luxury of time perhaps compared to some healthcare professionals I don't have seven minutes like a GP yes. I might have an hour to spend with somebody and by that point I really know them and it became clear to me that actually often people were just not being asked about their birth they just didn't have a space to talk about it and to say well you know actually this has been bothering me or this was quite difficult um, and a lot of the women that I was working with just really wanted to talk about their birth and had found 
part of their birth really, really, really difficult. And we know from the literature that, you know, at least a third of women will find some part of their birth difficult. So that's a huge amount of women per year. And we know that for some of those women, you know, they'll go on to develop um, you know, like a formal PTSD or, or a depression. So a lot of women walk away from their birth feeling that parts of it were not were not good. Um, and it can be really, really difficult to voice that because, you know, the focus is often on baby or other friends are sort of saying that their birth was good or you just feel that you shouldn't complain because baby is here. And, of course, you know, you're thrilled about that and I think you know it's very hard you know what I always say to women is it's it's entirely possible to be a great mum love your baby be thrilled that your baby is here but it's okay to have at the same time a sense of distress and feeling that your birth wasn't quite right they're not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. I think women often worry about being judged if they say my birth was difficult or I failed or my body has failed me. Um, But, you know, for some women it's profoundly traumatic and those experiences can sit with them maybe for weeks, maybe for months, you know, for a long time. And particularly if you're a first mum and you've got no framework about what birth will be, it can be really hard to recognise that actually things are not quite okay. Absolutely. Um, You know, because you're tired, you're not sleeping, your whole world's changed. And sometimes it can be hard to think, actually, this is a bit more than just being a normal mum. And I think, you know, sometimes that takes a little while to evolve. And if you don't have a really good health visitor or a good GP or you feel, you know, you've got new mum friends that you don't know so well yet, it can be really, really hard to voice that. So a lot of women sort of sit with these feelings for a very, very long time. Or it might be that when they become pregnant again, um, things flare up again because, you know, then they're, they're being forced to think about having another birth experience. So it's actually something that's really, really common. Um, and I suppose I just want, you know, we really want anyone sitting there today listening to this that's actually thinking, gosh, I, I recognise a little bit of that for me to know that that's absolutely okay and that it's really common and that there are lots and lots of sources of support out there for you and it's always about finding what feels right for you and you know the first step is I think is always the hardest because it's about actually voicing it and sometimes that's really scary um, so it's about thinking about somebody that you feel you you can trust and can voice that to. And it doesn't have to be a professional. Um, it can be all kinds of different ways. So it might be a friend. It might be that you write it down in a diary. Um, or it might be that you follow somebody online where you can be anonymous and they don't know your name. And you can start to share bits of, you know, about your experience there. Also, you know, as part of Birth Better, we have a very active Instagram following of people that are taught, telling us about their birth experiences from all over the world. Oh, wow. And it's a really um, supportive way to start to share some of your story mm. or just to read other people's stories and, and feel less alone. Mm. To think, you know, gosh, that happened to me too. And, and to have that story heard and validated is really powerful I think and that you know that can be enough for some people just to feel heard because often I think women feel you know sort of shut down by the sort of narrative of well the baby's here the baby all that matters is that you've got a baby 
Um, and that sort of silences women often because they feel, oh, I can't, I can't say anything or I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it, there is support out there and it's about thinking about what you feel for you might be helpful for you or suits you. So if there's a mum listening to this, maybe, um, and they're thinking, oh, gosh, I'm not sure if this is me or not, if I should be seeking advice or not, what kind of symptoms can, or not symptoms, I guess that's the wrong word, but what kind of feelings are you looking for in yourself to then think, actually, yeah, I need to go and see someone now before it gets worse? Yeah, sure. So I think, if you know, if you if you found some part of your birth difficult, then... For some women, um, it can cause a whole host of symptoms. Mm. I think what you're thinking about is how much of an impact it has on you day to day. So, you know, sometimes you might be processing your birth for a couple of weeks and then it might just fade. But if those feelings are sitting with you most of the day Mm. and most days of the week still at a month, six weeks, two months, then perhaps that's becoming something different. And what you would typically might be feeling is a very sort of changeable mood. So you might feel angry, then you might feel irritable, then you might feel anxious, then you might feel low, and it might be up and down, but more than is normal for you. And then you might be constantly thinking about your birth. So you just feel like you can't get it out of your mind, like you can't control your thoughts. So you're replaying it, either the sort of sequence of events or particular things that people said to you. And you might be doing that in your thoughts or it might be that you're having nightmares where you're having uh, snippets of your birth or or sometimes people will see like a visual image, like almost like a photograph or a film of one part of their birth or, or the way somebody looked at you or the way somebody made you feel. And then with that, there might be a sort of avoidance of wanting to think about your birth or you might be avoiding seeing other people's babies, pregnant friends, avoiding sex because then you might get pregnant again. Um, or, you know, it might be that actually you feel there's a difficulty in connecting with baby because baby reminds you of the birth experience. Or it might be that you constantly feel at risk because you felt that things were very out of control during birth and you felt very helpless. That can often cause us to feel very on all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly looking for, assuming other bad things will happen. So looking for other risks or threats. And that might be then that you don't want to leave baby with anybody else. You want baby with you all the time, that you're checking on baby if they're sleeping, if they're breathing at night, if you're not wanting to go out. So you might just feel very threatened all the time. Um, And you can have any or all of those feelings. But I think, you know, often women will go after a traumatic birth and perhaps be told that they're depressed where they're not. So the differences are that, you know, with depression, you would just feel low and tired and worn out all the time. Whereas if you've had a sort of difficult birth experience and you're processing that, your mood tends to be much more up and down and perhaps more irritable and and feeling more sort of that threat and you've got that reliving of your birth. So they are quite different. And what we're going to do in the new year on the Make Birth Better website because I know often it's very difficult for people go to their GP and often the response they get is hugely variable. Yeah. So sometimes GPs are amazing, you know, but sadly often they're not. And women perhaps feel they're just given a prescription for a medication 
or, or, or their sort of views are dismissed or belittled. If you're going to produce some crib sheets about, you know, what, what you might be experiencing so that you can physically print them out and take them to the GP. Oh, how brilliant. Just say, actually, look, this is happening for me. Can you please think about this? Mm. Um, and, and then it helps, you know, be a sort of a, a written advocate for women, really, because it's really takes a huge amount of courage to go and see somebody and tell these thoughts. People always worry that they're going to be judged as a bad mum or our deepest, darkest fear is that baby will be taken away from us. Or, mm. you know, so it's, you know, I have an utmost respect for anybody that gets themselves to the GP and tries to voice this so we thought that if we could do something to help them with that you know they can have ticked off yes this is happening to me and then they can say look can you please look at this Mm. hopefully it will help women where their GP isn't so switched on to this as being potentially a you know an issue for them so that's something else that I'd encourage people to have a look at the website you know in the early new year and there'll be lots of things that they can download and look at as well oh fantastic and I guess all of these thoughts and feelings don't necessarily have to be related to the birth itself could it could they start to come in afterwards in the first few months of when you have your baby yeah so I mean sometimes they're linked to things that people have said to you postnatally so sometimes it might be about specifically the birth, but it, then it might be about something someone said to you when you're on the postnatal ward or something that, you know, somebody else has said to you. Mm. They can be linked to the birth specifically, but actually they can be linked to other time points as well. And they might, you know, it might be that they're not specifically linked to um, a birth trauma. So it might be perhaps that you've had a prior anxiety many years ago and then you become a bit more anxious again postnatally so you know that's why you should you know if you can you should see a specialist who who can help unpick this all with you because you know postnatal illness not just depression it can be lots of different things and also some of those worries and thoughts can be completely normal you know we all have days as new mums you know they we all have days where we feel anxious and on edge and we haven't slept and everything seems to go wrong and we feel like we're getting it all wrong every one of us have that has that so it's always about thinking you know has this just been today and you know I'm going to try and get a bit more sleep tonight and tomorrow will seem a bit better or actually am I recognizing that this is most days actually and it's stopping me from sleeping and I don't want to see my friends so those two things are very very different Mm. you know we all have these feelings to one degree you know, or another as new mums, or just in general as humans, you know, day to day, but particularly as new mums, because we're tired as well, and that makes everything seem so much more difficult sometimes. Yeah, you're tired and your senses are heightened, aren't they? I mean, I know that, and I put this in my email to you, didn't I, that I, I don't feel like I'm suffering with any kind of form of this, which is why it's quite a challenging podcast, because I, I can't relate to it as much, but... Um, there's certainly, you know, a, a huge amount of feelings that you have in the first few weeks, even now as a new mum, especially with all the hormones flying around the body and sending your thoughts out wild. I mean, I have crazy thoughts about not wanting to leave my baby with anyone over breakfast in case someone spills a hot tea over because they might not think about it. It's not the tip of their mind. That silly thing. And, you know, if I go out and 
I never want to let go of my pram just in case someone makes a grab and silly things that would, you know, probably never happen. But your senses are just so heightened that you have this thing to protect. I can very easily see how that might start to develop and become quite serious for sure. And, and also, they're, they're not silly things, you know, they're, 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 they're completely normal things that are grounded in, you know, a sense of being a mum and being protective and, you know, wanting to look after your baby. So they're not silly at all. But, you know, and it's really important to recognise that they happen to all of us. Yeah. But I think, you know, if, if they're just, you know, it's very easy for them to become um intrusive and you know to feel like actually they're controlling you rather than you controlling them and if that's happening then you you need to have some support and there's lots of ways that women can access support you know for a lot of women they can self-refer themselves now for therapy which can work really really well um medication is an option for some women you know they they want that and it works really well and it's really helpful for them um but you know other little things you can do that can be really really helpful like trying you know trying to eat as well as you can I know that's really difficult when you're a new mum and you know your time poor um but you know there are things you can do to try and um eat as much as healthy as you can or get visitors bring meals put put in the freezer for you to cook for you you know have a supply of things you can grab that are healthy around um exercise is really really good for a lot of mental health disorders so anxiety depression trauma it can really really help and you know for me as a new mum I I there's no way I could have thought about doing anything sort of formal like going to a gym or even getting into my exercise clothes it was just no way but you know I walked so I would walk, you know, every day, try and get out in, you know, if there was any sunlight, but just to get out in the light every day. And even walking for sort of 15 to 20 minutes a day, there's a huge amount of evidence that that's really, really protective, particularly if you can walk somewhere that's relatively um, nature high. So even if you're in London, to get in the green, get in the park, get in the woods, you know, there's a lot of evidence about nature as well being really healing so you know there are tiny little things that you can do even as a new mum if you haven't got any money if you you know you've literally got half an hour to spare or just do a five minute exercise video at home so you don't have to go anywhere Uh, but you know tiny little things and and I think you know I found that really really helpful to walk and then when I felt a bit more less sleep deprived I started going back to yoga and I found that really helped me because it just kind of grounded me back down to earth and I think particularly you know with our bodies it helped me to sort of reacquaint myself with my new post-baby body and you know feel connected back into myself and you know particularly if you've had a traumatic birth and perhaps you know maybe you have a scar or you know you have um, things that are very different and you weren't expecting physically that kind of work can be really really helpful Um, you know for some women scar massage can be really healing or having different types of massage can be really important as part of the healing process so like with you know with all things it's about trying to pick what works and suits for you and not you know tiny steps really you know don't aim to do it all next week just do tiny tiny little things that over the few weeks builds into a practice that you then incorporate into your life and are part of your week and you know for me my kids know that Tuesday night 
is yoga night and it's not negotiable <laughs> you know it's just part of our week because yeah. over years it's it's the thing that I do for me consistently and I value it immensely and you know they're fine it's it's it and I think what a gift we're giving to them to say you know what I'm worthy of this Absolutely. and I care about myself and also physically I want to move my body and you know you, we're teaching them something really important and that can seem really impossible when you're in the throes of early motherhood and particularly you know, if you're a single parent it's it's incredibly difficult but you know just do tiny 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 chunks and build from there and that is doable um you know 10 minutes is doable yeah so, so start there and just do it really really slowly Absolutely. I mean, I'm incredibly lucky. I know that if I go out for a walk and put Amandine in the baby carrier, she will go to sleep. And that's how I can get some time for me. Because we're going through an extremely fussy stage at the moment. She just wants to be doing everything and never wants to be put down and is teething a little bit. So it's it's kind of ramped up for me a lot since the, the early days. I was able to have a little bit more time to myself because she'd nap for longer and she was much better at napping. And now we're at kind of nearing four months. She's really bad at napping, so I maybe get like 15 minutes <laughs> whilst the essential first going down for her nap. Um, but for me, going out for a walk, I know that I will get for however long I want to go, she will stay asleep in the baby carrier. And if I didn't have that, I think yeah. I really would, you know, go a little bit mad because I need that time even just to collect my thoughts or think or if I want to have a catch-up with a friend I've got to go for a walk because otherwise Amandine's taking all of my attention and then I have a few friends who um we're all struggling to get our babies to nap and we feel like if we don't go out at all in the day we just feel like we've spent the entire day trying to get our babies to nap whether it be for the first nap or for the third nap of the day we just haven't done anything else with our day and that can be so so hard and so disheartening and it's very very difficult if you feel like you've spent all day doing nothing but trying to get your baby to sleep oh so hard so hard and, you know, I, I was the same in that, you know, with colicky babies. So yeah. I could basically wanted to be on me. In, in order to get them to sleep, they had to be on me in the day. Wow. You know, if I had to put them down, it just wasn't going to work. No. The same, you know, in, in that actually if I was walking and, and moving, they would nap. And in many ways that was brilliant. In some ways, you know, of course it's more tiring because some days you just yeah. you feel like... I haven't got the energy even to stand up, let alone do anything more than that. Yeah. Actually, even in the depths of that bone-crushing fatigue where you just think, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this day, if I'd had a tiny walk, I felt so much better afterwards. Like, starting off, I would feel like, gosh, I don't think I've got the energy for this. But, you know, just plodding along really slowly and, like you say, having that moment to not have to think about baby just to to let your mind float and you know was just invaluable and you know I'm the same I think I would have been so depressed if I hadn't have had that tiny you know space Um, and and you know it was it was sometimes it was even just for 10 minutes but you know just to let your mind float for a bit absolutely and, and be outside and you know, it was just amazing. I found that really, really helpful because I knew that 
all night I would probably be up trying to settle her to sleep um and and you know the same if if I hadn't have done that I would have literally been inside the whole time and that just isn't good for any of us no if there are any mums listening thinking right I'm going to go for a walk and let my mind float which can sometimes be quite difficult because when you then go for a walk all these things that you've got to do start floating into your mind one thing I found really good to do before you leave the front door have a notepad by the front door write down the list of things that you've got to do so you don't start thinking about them when you're on your walk and then go out for your walk and then you've got a bit of space in your mind and you've already written everything down that you've got to do and then if you do on your walk think about something else just type it into your phone if you've got your phone with you and then it's taken yeah. care of. Don't waste time trying to compile a list in your mind for when you get back. I think write it down and then you'll have a bit more space in your mind. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I and mean, I think the other things, you know, for some people obviously listening to music can be really helpful if yeah. they're walking or podcasts can be really great for people to put something, you know, really light on that just makes you giggle as you're yeah. walking along. Um, or, you know... Um, Sometimes people will do sort of a walking meditation. So, like, literally counting their breath in and counting it out and keep coming back to that. And that can be so powerful, actually, and stop those sort of creeping thoughts. Or or sit on, you know, a bench in the park and just do two minutes of that kind of breathing where literally counting one, two, three, four in, one, two, three, four out can be massively helpful. Um, Oh, absolutely. The amount of times I go on a walk and I think... Oh my goodness, this is the first big deep breath I've taken in a really long time. And it can be quite shocking sometimes because you think, oh, that's what breathing feels like. (laughs) So there's a real toolkit, isn't there, that people can have, um, a real self-toolkit, even without, if you don't feel comfortable to go and see anybody yet, if you do relate to a lot of what Rebecca's saying, then there's a real you know, self-toolkit that you can have um, and to pull in if you're lucky enough to be in a place where you do have some family and friends to not feel afraid to call on them to come and give you a hand so you can say actually would you mind just coming and sitting with Amandine or whoever it might be so I can just take 15 minutes to have a hot cup of tea have something to eat and just maybe sit in the other room for a minute and just take a few breaths yeah absolutely and you know have a hot bath or- yeah whatever it is that brings you joy and you love and you know works for you if you can go and have a hot bath if you can go and read a book for five minutes if you want to go and sit in the garden for five minutes if you you know whatever it is that you know is your go-to for really relaxing you try and do that and you know particularly if you have got people around that can come and support you with that well sometimes people it's the opposite is limiting visitors and not wanting too many people around can be really really helpful and just sort of really nesting and having that quiet slow sort of time at home can can work so it, it there's no one size fits all but you know I think there are lots of things that you can do, even being tired and time poor and perhaps cash poor at that time on maternity leave yeah. that don't cost money. And actually, if you just build a few of them slowly into your week, they will make a difference. That You know, they will build and, and you'll just have that sense of wellness over time. Mm. Things are really, really extremely difficult and you need to see somebody straight away. And I think, you know, if you're feeling like that, please don't be afraid that you're going to be judged. And please know that, you know, a lot of these perinatal illnesses get better 
really quickly and you know that you will do really really well you just need some specialist support at that time and it it is out there um so you know have a look at the medbirth better website there's a map of a national map of local resources speak to your gp speak to your health visitor you know there are lots and lots of sources of support out there and lots of great accounts online that you can follow that you know can be really really supportive in speaking to people going through that experience at the same time so please don't be afraid to do that and if people are listening to this podcast and thinking oh my goodness i just relates so much to what Rebecca is saying can they find you particularly are you reachable particularly or do you only work at a certain place or how can people find are you findable to anybody or I am findable to anybody so I'm obviously London based but then I do work with people sometimes via Skype that are all over the country that Mm. particularly had a difficult birth experience and they just want to go through that and with somebody so I'm very I have a website drrebeccamore.com you can find me on Instagram as drrebeccamore or also via makebirthbetter.org um I really don't mind if people dm me on Instagram um you know I think often people don't but you know I, I can't give specific clinical advice, obviously, because that wouldn't be the right thing to do. But lots and lots of people do DM me and we're able to think about where they live and perhaps point them towards resources locally. Or just to have a sense of having been heard, I think, is really, really, really important. And, you know, I'm very responsive to DMs. I'm not, I don't mind people DMing me at all because I'm aware of the fact that sometimes people, they just don't know where to go with what they're feeling. And that's a really horrible place to be in. So always try and help if I can. Um, And, you know, often people feed back to me months later and feeling much better and had some treatment. And so, you know, absolutely, please, please do that if it's at all helpful. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners at all? I mean, we've covered off quite a lot, haven't we? Yes, yeah. No, I think just, you know, have a look at the websites. There's loads of resources there. I should say for mums and dads. Yes. Because dads can be affected as well as mums. Yeah. So there's lots of good um, sources of support there and links to other websites. And, you know, if you follow me on Instagram particularly, then, you know, these are sort of the kind of topics that I'm talking about all the time yeah so you know if you felt that it's perhaps resonated with you a little bit today then you know you can read some of the old posts and perhaps that will help give you some extra tips and tools and sources of support fantastic well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it's been brilliant to listen to all your advice and to actually get some tools out there if people feel like this is something that they need help with or maybe they can help themselves a little bit but just didn't know where to start so thank you so much and there you have it what an informative podcast from Rebecca Dr Rebecca Moore if you need her or if you really resonated with a lot of things that um, she was saying do check out the links in the show notes and I am sure that she will answer any questions that you might have uh, relating to this topic I will catch up with you guys next week. 
if you guys want to connect with me please do instagram is emma jolan and if you want to email it's just mumtalkspodcast at gmail.com thank you so much for listening if you have a moment pretty pretty please review and subscribe if you haven't already um that would be so so helpful all right catch you guys next week bye